0: it's a game you play i don't understand what's going
1: So today we're speaking with judy zook who's just about to embark on a woman-to-woman autumn tour in the uk uh, beverly craven julia fordham joins her with special guest which is a local girl to me rumor uh, hi judy hi tell hi. us about this tour how did it come about
2: well beverly actually came up with the idea um me julia and her all had the same agent so um i got a message saying that you know would i would i be interested in doing it i actually got a message i think two years before that but I wasn't quite ready to do it then. I'd I'd not ever done, you know, shows with anyone else. But um, when it came the second time, I just thought, actually, it's a really good, it's a really good idea and it'd be nice to share the stage and we can afford a big, proper band. And so I said, yes, that's how it started. And it's sort of grown from there. And it was so much more than we expected it to be. Um, We do so much more together. You know, we've all become really good friends We didn't know each other before. We knew of each other, but we'd never met each other. So
0: um,
2: it was everyone thinks we must have known each other forever. And that's certainly how it feels. um, But that's not the reality.
1: I mean, such talent amongst the three of you down the years, Judy.
2: Oh, thank you. That's very lovely. Um, And I knew I mean, I had both albums. Well, obviously, Beverly and Julie have done more than one, but I had their first albums and i'm sure i've probably had some of their others but uh, it was you know we're all different enough but we have similar audiences it's been great to sort of cross over and share our audience with each other
1: sure and a local girl to me uh Ruma will be joining you
2: she will and her voice is so gorgeous and um you know we've yet to all get through the rehearsals and find out how it all works but i'm sure it's going to work beautifully
1: Yeah, I remember her before she became famous singing in a local pub. How about that?
2: (laughs) Wow, yeah. Well, in fact, I spent a lot of time in a club in London, a music club, where they had, you know, many singer-songwriters. And I knew her manager, representative, whatever it was, and I knew everybody that she was working with. But I just, for some reason, we never collided. You know, we didn't meet each other, but I knew all about her, um, and I knew she was brilliant. At that same time, before she got famous,
1: I was a great lover of Karen Carpenter and and her voice closest to it. I think, would you agree?
2: Well, yes, I would, except for that there is another girl called Harriet who also really okay. And, yeah, you look her up. Look up Harriet. Yes.
1: All right, we'll do that.
2: I think Rumour's voice is extremely gorgeous and and definitely sounds like Karen Carpenter, but also sounds very much like Rumour.
1: Yes, in her own way. You come from a talented family, don't you? I mean, your parents especially. Uh, tell us about the Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice connection.
2: Well, my father, um, he died very young, actually. He died when he was 40. But he always loved music and would have loved to have been in music and constantly used to bring back terrible sort of weird instruments and lock us kids with him up in the study. <laughs> so they made play awful noises to us. But when... Uh, made quite a lot of money and rather than just sort of spend it on normal things he decided to try and support up-and-coming artists people who you know needed help to be able to give up their day job really and concentrate on their music and he was sent an album called Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat that had been done for basically for school shows you know um, but he thought they were money and offered him his office upstairs so that they could write Jesus Christ Superstar.
0: Wow. And
2: so they also did it in my dad's flat. You know, I'd, I'd come home from school and Andrew would be playing the piano and doing all the, you know, putting it all together. Um, so yes, he did that. He also helped other musicians but none of them quite to the point of what Andrew and Tim managed.
1: No one would have guessed then how big they would have become and what they would have done.
2: Maybe. <laughs> you know, my dad obviously thought they were going yeah it's such a shame he died just before the show opened in London
1: oh, I never got to see it no now by 15 you were writing poems which you turned into songs and Tony Visconti signed you didn't he
2: yes that's right well I wasn't 15 when he signed me I started writing poems when I was about 11 in a diary my sister me we we both had diaries and we kept everything that we were doing and, and i I'd I started writing little poems about that day I don't really know why um, I had a crush on my history teacher who was into Bob Dylan and I started trying to teach myself guitar and then it all kind of went from there in fact the lead vocal on um, for you one of my first ever songs that, uh, on the first album came directly out of my diary because I don't know if you know that song but it's it's an cappella song it's just all me singing and Home and I had this new tape recorder, and it was an Akai tape recorder where you could record on top of yourself. I'm trying to teach myself how to do that, and so I started off and started singing the first backing vocal line. I didn't think about what I was going to say, I just sang this Here They Come Again, Here They Come Again, hope they're going to find me. And then I put harmonies on that, and then I just came to my head, which was: here I am looking for love and affection, and I put harmonies on that. And it's the two vocals, what I two vocals were sort of contrapuntal I think the word is I could be wrong because I'm not I don't read or write music Um, but I did that and then I thought oh it would be nice to have like a a kind of one lyric going through the centre like a song and treated my backing vocals as instruments and so I went to my diary and I found the main lyric and I just sang it and that was the song and it was about three o'clock in the morning and I had no idea whether it was any good or just a load of noises really. I had to wait until about seven where I played it to my mum and she didn't know either. <laughs> no.
1: Well put it this way that song I mean it's never dated is it?
0: For you now I don't think. You're your world changing to everything <laughs> that I might say. Every thought, every smile finds its way back to you. Every step that I take, anything that I do. Rings, my hands start to so I think somebody should
2: re-record it Or they should use it on some massive perfume ad or something
1: like <laughs> Yes, bring the money in, exactly Yeah. Now you've written songs for many well-known names down the years Does that give you a lot of satisfaction, Judy?
2: Mm-hmm. I do kind of enjoy being on stage But I've never been comfortable with being centre of attention Or being looked at, really It's much easier with, you know, the four of us that's going to be and the three of us that was because we shared that limelight and that was easier for me. But touring before has always been a terrifying thing and not a terribly comfortable thing. What I love doing, because I'm an extremely emotional person and I need to write songs to get all the sort of dark feelings that I have sometimes out of my system. And not just dark feelings, angry feelings, even happy feelings it helps me to write. So writing for other people is like a new step up for me because I've been in this world and on this planet so long and had most experiences in some shape or form. I love working with young artists because I can, and and I can make songs that mean as much to me as they do to the artists that I'm working with and it's definitely quite an exclusive situation to be in where I get to talk to people about their lives in a way that on a day-to-day basis most people very rarely get to talk to anyone like that so I learn so much from people I work with and i made a lot of friends with the people that I work with because of that connection because we've been able to share our feelings it means that I keep writing. I write on my own still as well, um, and I write the top lines on my own. But I do love working with up and coming artists who aren't dated by the business, who actually see that it's all a bit magic, and if you write a great song, it will win through. Unfortunately, that's not always the case, I know, but I love going into writing a song with that feeling that something I say might change someone's life, might attach it to their, you know, their life. Well, life saves me till dawn. I mean, when we stage and we um, look at the audience, because I'm not singing all the time, I get the opportunity to watch the audience and understand and and revel in in the sort of emotional uh, feelings that they're all having. It's what made the Woman to Woman tour so special to me was actually learning that our songs are not just songs to other people, they're a time in their lives. And Yes. take back and uh and that's why this tour is mainly uh nostalgic, it is mainly the early songs. I've got a new album coming out next year and I certainly hope at some point I'll be able to sing new songs. But this tour is all about taking people to their hopefully happy place <laughs> um, you know, in the past when they first found music. Um and it's all about the love of music really.
1: Sure. Well, listen, Judy, I wish you and the tour every success and all the best for the future. Look forward to your new album next year. Have a great tour, won't you?
2: Thank you very much. Bye-bye, Judy. Good meeting you.
0: Bye-bye. Oh, I am huge